Welcome to Time Play 3HR, a podcast about playing video games for three hours at a time. My name is Louis. And my name is Lockie, and this week we played three hours of Dragon's Dogma Dark Arisen. Uh, this week we talk about tons. This game is wild. Uh, I think this is a hell of an episode. You're gonna love it. Buckle up. It's a real bizarre little boy. Yeah, it's a weird game with a lot of quirks uh, for what is a bit of a mess. Absolutely. How are you? It's Lou. I'm okay, thank you. How are you? Yeah, you know, I was saying a second ago. Yeah. It's a little sticky. And you know oh. what you know what I'm gonna do about it? You can take your shirt off. No. Oh. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna camera camera on <laughs> camera on. I'm gonna tilt I'm gonna tilt the microphone. Okay. I'm gonna turn my body and position my feet so they are at the window. So I can absorb what little breeze there is on such a still and mm. sticky day. It's, that is exactly it. It's still. It's a still day. You know, I'm even tempted to do, but don't really think I should for risking my, white, my mic wire being a little bit dodgy. Mm-hmm. Is turn my desk from a sitting desk to a standing desk. You and want then, to stand on a hot day? Kind of, because I'm not sitting on a chair, which is like where the contact whether 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 creates the, the sweat, the the smudgy skin gets all skiggy. Yeah, pushed up against. Yeah. What material? Oh, you've got no because you've got like a gamer chair. Surely it should like you should be sweating directly through it, and then it should be like absorbing the sweat. Exactly, which I don't. Which is exactly what I don't want to happen. Turning it into like juice that you can, like Dune. We've all seen Dune. Just no, like I'm that. wearing some good sports shorts. Actually, fuck, I spent an absolute dime on them. I'm actually standing up right now. Let me know if my mic cuts. Great. No, all it right. sounds fine. But you're going to hear does... some uh, cranking because it's a crank cranked manual right, yeah, cranked got... standing desk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I ain't got From that fancy. Kia. Yeah. Yeah. Electro powered one. How much more was the electric one? <laughs> like two hundred quid more. Really? Yeah. For an electric motor, is it? Uh, uh, it's only worth two hundred quid more if it's like completely silent. I don't remember. I like the crank though. The crank's oh, wow. fun. Look at this. I'm on my feet. I have a question about test, the crank. Test. Test. Yeah. My experience with a crank is that it makes things wobble. Yeah, it does. Does it make the whole desk wobble as you do mm, it? Yeah. That would be... I would really not enjoy that. I don't mind it too much. Your monitor's not just flapping about. A little bit, but it's a big desk. So mm. it's at least semi-stable on that front. Mm, mm, mm. Anyway. Anyway. Um, I'm up on my feet. I'm here. I'm ready to record some words. Have you ever done a podcast standing up before? I don't think so. I wonder if it really... Maybe we should do that in the mornings. We should do a standing episode when we're tired. It might, like, get us in the mood a bit. Yeah, a little bit of movement. Yeah. Some dynamic audio ranges. Maybe I should stand up. (laughs) Sure, sure. I mean, I think my mic arm can reach. Yeah? 
All right, here we go. I'm okay. standing. Okay. Everyone listening now, if you have the opportunity, stand. Just just stand for a second. Just stand up. That's it. That's the one. Yeah, in solidarity. Yep, just get those knees up. Does that feel good? That feels good, right? Yeah, feels pretty good. Okay, and now touch your head. Yep. Yep, yep, okay, yep. I'm, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> um, anyway. Yeah. Should we just talk about this game? I'm kind of ready to go straight in. You want to just launch straight into this week's hot video game? Um, unless you have something else you want to cover? Nope. Cool, let's do it. Uh, so we played Dragon's Dogma. Yes. The game for the PS3. A uh, RPG. Uh, fantasy sort of adventure game. By Capcom. Mm. Um, and it's an interesting one, isn't it? Isn't it? It really, it really is. Uh, it's always such a pleasure to play PS3 games. I know. <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> they are just the best. They really are. Because they're just all over the spectrum. Like, they're just like... I feel like PS2, you're, you're probably unlikely to enjoy a lot of it if you sort of didn't play that stuff when you were that age. And then PS4 is just whatever. But then PS3 is this kind of sweet spot of, like, in comes some very generic tropes for most video games, but still left behind are these developers kind of wanting to make things they were making on a PS2. Games. So you get weird, weird things that have slightly too much polish, but you don't want to play it. <laughs> Does that make any yeah, sense? They're not, they're not good, but they're interesting. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of where this game falls. Um, of course, sometimes when these games are this interesting, they become good. Uh, yes. Despite a whole bunch of other features that lack. But then also, you just do see things in games like this that... I mean, I've said this before, but we've played enough games now, both of us, to the point where something interesting within the game can be enough... To just make it a good game, you know, even as if in it's not it a only good needs game. one interesting element, or like a one or two. It depends. But, yeah, you sure. Know, if it's got something interesting, that can just be enough to make it a good game. Um, and this game has a, or just at least does things better than most other games. Um, and it does I, some weird things. Like it, it t- I think it takes some like pretty standard ideas and then sort of mixes them up in a slightly odd way um uh what, so do you want to describe it as a whole thing or shall i give it a go or uh, i can take a stab yes yeah, um it. as mentioned it's sort of like a medieval fantasy rpg um you know the title's called dragon's dogma as you can imagine dragons play a big role in it and it is basically an RPG, except it has this uh, pawn system, which is basically uh, followers, where your character can have up to two followers, sort of generated by either yourself or randomly by the computer, to fight alongside you in your conquest of questing a fantasy realm. Mm-hmm. What do you reckon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the only thing maybe missing is it's in third person, and uh, yeah, quite, quite like a generic, generic combat system. Um, uh, Super generic looking. Super generic looking. It it came sort of in the wake of um, Dark Souls and Skyrim, Um, 
So I don't know if it's specifically Capcom was like, oh, we've got to make one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you think of those games as kind of a visual reference, Dark Souls probably more specifically. Um, uh, it's got that kind of vibe, but just a bit less, um, a bit less interesting, bit at least in terms of visuals. Like um, Dark Souls is a pretty grimy looking game, but like has a lot of interesting design elements. Whereas this is kind of doesn't look good and also isn't particularly uh, memorable in terms of its art or design. Um, no, everything looks like a sort of model based off some like PC game from seven years before it was released. The one thing it does have going for it, which is the same as Dark Souls, is um, the Japanese interpretation of like medieval fantasy, which I always, <laughs> I always enjoy. I can't not enjoy. There's always just something slightly surreal about um, these like sort of, I don't know, pagan-inspired fantasy worlds um, created by Japanese people. Is, um, it's always an interesting little wrinkle to have. Mm. Um, and that's definitely true here. Um, everything's just a little, little, a tiny, tiny little bit, um, tiny, tiny little bit unexpected. Um, and yeah, I guess the pawn system, or should we talk about the story? The story's pretty bare bones, but <laughs> I have no idea where boring. it goes. Um, super generic. You're a man or woman, uh, whose village gets attacked by a dragon. You try and defend it. Uh, the dragon knocks you to the side and steals your heart. Uh, but you live on. Ooh. As an arisen. Or As an arisen, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, um, who knows what that means, but... Whatever. And then I think really, like, the overarching goal is to find that dragon and get revenge for it taking your heart. Or um, get your heart, because it keeps get your, your heart. heart. It has your heart, so your heart... It doesn't call you a heartless, but, you know. Um, mm. You just have a big old scar. and then And then you discover, yeah, these pawns, which I can't really tell. They're, like... They seem to be something that the world as a whole acknowledges and exists and, like, maybe even uses to some extent, but you have some special ability that kind of allows you to further communicate with them. Did you follow Yeah, as, like, an, no, I mean, this the whole story, as soon as the sort of opening cutscene finishes, or, well, there's an opening half-hour section, which is kind of interesting, and then it goes into the story, and then after sort of about half an hour, everything sort of collapses and following the plot became impossible instantly <laughs> i found <laughs> i think i think I'm a, it seems like the actually just the way the quests are structured i kind of it seems to abandon whatever plot there was at least in the first four hours like i'm sure there is a plot there but i actually don't know what was the main quest and what was the side quest after the first hour or two yeah it got really weird as well and i wasn't really sure yeah i wasn't really sure what was going on but, I mean, so these pawns, they're basically described as not actual humans, but they're in, like, the vision of a human, and they're there to serve you, and they, as an Yeah, arisen, they seem like some kind of, like, uh, trapped souls, or some kind of... They don't have something, uh, and they just exist, yeah, to support you. Um, and you create your character, but you also create your own pawn... Um, and then you can pick from other user-generated pawns um, uh, that show up in this kind of ethereal plane. Um, you can just kind of talk to them and then send them away if you don't like how they look. Um, 
or you'll see, I, I assume, just like computer generated ones wandering around cities that you can hire as well. Um, yeah, excuse me. Are they all just like standard, standard class based? Like, um, I played as, I guess, what you would call a rogue um, or something, an arrow and some daggers. Like a um, I, I made, I made a. A very small lady because it just make, makes you lets you make very small and very large people, which is quite fun. <laughs> yeah, um, the character creator is quite good. Yeah, the character creator is pretty um, pretty good, pretty flexible. Um, so I made a very small. Actually, no, she wasn't very small. She was just small for a video game character. She's she was this. I made my old colleague from work, so she's like That's she's weird. that like um, I, I do that when I can't think of anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, she knows. Don't worry. Um, she's like, oh, yeah, just... you always make it's always her. Only if I can't think of something else okay. to do. Okay. If I'm in a rush, I'm like, oh, I'll just I'll just make Lou. Um, okay. Um, just yeah. So I made like a middle aged woman that comes up to just below my neck. She's a pretty standard person. Um, and then my uh my second pawn, uh, I made a very old wizard. They have this amazing option to um you can change the stance of your character so whether or not they're standing quite tall and straight or like feeble and like hunched over and so i just made this like pitiful little man um uh who i called rummy cub hmm, nice <laughs> yeah i call i called mine yate it yate it spelt y the number eight it <laughs> nice yate it um yeah, it, it's a fun character creator. I had a uh, little sort of shriveled-faced bald man with a huge mustache as my main character. Nice. And a ginormous uh, woman warrior as mm. my uh, pawn. Yeah, both me and the and Rummy Cub were uh, were quite small, so everyone else I hired, I made sure were the tallest possible. Mm. Um, so it was these two small people, and then two very large people. Um, I was disappointed I didn't manage to see your pawn. Um, I was hoping I would get to hire yours, but I don't... Maybe just never showed up or something. Yeah. Very possible. Um, So how many did you have? You had four? Yeah, you can have... Well, including yourself. Yeah. uh, Four or four, yeah. Damn, I only had two additional. What, and and the one you made? Yeah, no. The one I made and one additional. Oh yeah, you can have you can have three. That would have helped. Ones. Yeah, I, it's I, it's it's a surprisingly challenging game. It's such a weird difficulty level. This game's <laughs> difficulty is bizarre, and I tell you what is like the best thing about this game is that the pawns are actually useful <laughs> because you know so many games followers are not useful, yeah. uh, and a game built around followers, it is really nice that uh, these followers actually help quite a lot. They're also just kind of hilarious. Um, yeah. Oh my god, the the dialogue is insane. Yeah. They they constantly talk um, and just say <laughs> things as you're wandering around the map, um, and they talk over each other. So like, imagine four different characters, um, just randomly saying kind of almost inconsequential, sometimes slightly useful um, facts. It's just extraordinary. <laughs> it's wild. It's absolutely wild and bizarre, and I loved it. Um, so as mentioned in the opening, you have like a opening at half hour uh, section of gameplay 
where you play a character and you already have your um, pawns and you get straight into the combat. Uh, and it's just like a little opener of action rather than opening with sort of tutorial. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was amazing. And in that time, I just took some quotes from like a very short section of combat. Um, <laughs> and then so imagine that within the space of about 10 seconds or like 15 seconds, all these people said, Fire, lend thy kiss. Um then followed by their master snow harpies i'll provoke it and i'll set its wings ablaze <laughs> and then we have triumphed uh all within like 10 seconds and overlapping it's wild yeah not only that but like um they'll all be quite often of like different kind of urgency or like stress levels so like one character would be like quickly pin it down and then another one's like Ah, this is the forest that leads to the castle. <laughs> <laughs> I have him held! Strike! <laughs> uh, it's wild. It really is wild. Uh, it's a lot of... It's maybe some of the best dialogue I've ever heard in a video game. <laughs> yeah. um, again, it's just one of those like truly bizarre things that makes the game so much better. Yeah. Um, another thing I think that makes the game... Uh, neat is well the combat's kind of like i can't really tell if i like the combat or not it's um everything is super spongy at least at the start like it feels like things take forever to die um even with for a party of four um but it does have some like um neat different ways of doing things well the best thing obviously is that you can climb on large creatures and that's really i don't think there's there's anything better than shadow of glossing your way over like some random Massive beastie and trying to stab it in the head. Um, yeah, and, and you don't often get that freedom, I think, because with Shadow, uh, obviously it was like ultimate freedom, but then mm-hmm. the majority of time it was taking place on enormous beasts, which is, of course, the best yeah, uh, and the coolest thing you could do in that situation. Um, but in this, all the enemies were sort of uh, much more similar to the smaller bosses in that game. Um, but it still felt great. You know, just the fact that there was something that was maybe just twice as high as you, and you can yeah. just run up to it and jump onto its bum and hold on. And yeah, start like stabbing it. Jump onto a troll and try to get to its head as it's trying to shake you off, and and like it seems like um, there are varying strategies uh, depending on like which areas you go to attack. Like I think the first troll that you fight, one of my pawns was like, if you grab onto one leg, I'll grab to the other, and he'll fall over or something like that. Interesting. Um, and he did. Um, cool. So that's, that's kind of neat. Um, that is neat. Um, and yeah, the, the combat is a little spongy um, and very repetitive. Uh, you, It's not, I wouldn't say it's an open world game, but it's like, there's a lot of loads in between areas. And then you'll, might, you might open into a relatively large space with a bunch of different roads that lead to different areas. Um, and along those roads, you just kind of constantly run into bandits and wolves and uh harpies or whatever and and uh that can get a little stale um yeah it's the combat is just really truly bizarre because like you say it's tough uh which i kind of like i think it is made better by certain things like you can purchase different skills um so i played also like a ranger character uh and then you know you could buy a thing which instead shoots three arrows at once or sends like a hail of arrows. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but it was just re- really bizarre. And like the difficulty scaling was so odd in this game. I mean, I think straight off the bat, I left the castle or town wherever you start off, and you know you come across goblins on the road, and you kill them, and you know they don't go down straight away. There is like a slight challenge level there still. Um, but they feel, like, appropriately difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, side note, it is so funny, like, playing this game coming off Elden Ring. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, because sort of difficulty feels, like, appropriately sort of similar in yeah, some yeah. ways to that. Uh, but then I came back, and there is a guard who's like, I heard some noises down the well. Um, so you go down to explore... And this is within the starting village. And then there are these... The lizard creatures. That I just I, don't do... it. I don't do any damage to them. Yeah, I didn't... I didn't... I didn't go down that well. Oh, um, really? Yeah. Yeah, well, anyway, there's some creatures down there. And, like, I did no damage to them. Um, and they, like, two-shot me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, it's... I think also it seems to be... The way it levels other enemies it this seems to be different for quest objectives versus um just open world random encounter things because i one of the you end up uh once you sort of leave that first village you go to this bigger castle um sort of main city and then from there you can pick up a bunch of different quests uh and i one of them was like go get a grimoire or something from these bandits that have stolen it uh, it's quite track to get there, so I tracked all the way there, and like as I got closer and closer and closer to this bandit camp, the bandits were just getting like really, really hard. Like, um, like all of my pawns were just dying like instantly, mm. um, just constantly running around respawning them. And I managed to push through, and then I got to the quest itself, and the guy was like, "If you want the grimoire, you're gonna have to kill me." And then I just one shot at everything <laughs> in, the, in the in the bandit camp. Um, so it seems like. All the scaling the is whack. It actually makes zero sense. Um, yeah, I mean, that's hilarious. Uh, and even, you know what else? Even, like, what was even more bizarre is that... So I killed those lizard creatures. It took me about half an hour, but I did it. Yeah. Um, but throughout my entire playthrough, I only did damage uh, when one of my pawns would apply the fire buff to me. Really? Yeah. Wait, you mean you didn't kill anything without a pawn setting you on fire? Well, like, it helped. My damage Massively. was, like, five times. Weird. What it was. And so, I mean, I mean, I have no idea how, like, item... How important items are in this game. and Because, I mean, I just played with my starting equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe, like, item uh, strength is huge in this game. I don't know. Um, you didn't buy then, like another sword or another bow or anything. No, I never. Like I intended to, but I just didn't find myself a shopkeeper. And the one time I went, it was too late, and they were not there. Yeah. Um. But for example, for these lizards, like I would shoot them and do literally no damage, and then just sort of semi-frequently, periodically, one of my pawns would apply a fire buff to my bow and arrow, which meant everything I shot had fire damage. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly I would do damage. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even have a pawn that could do that. Um, I was 
just bare bare boning it the whole time. Damn, I mean, it made a huge difference. It was literally like, um, yeah, me waiting for my pawn to apply a fire buff so I could do five times the damage. Yeah, uh, which is wild. Yeah, it's such a it's such a funny funny game. It's all over the place. Um, yeah, I I did buy some equipment and stuff, and I found that did make quite a big difference. Um, uh, it's relatively straightforward, simple. Just spend money to buy a new weapon. Um, equipping and unequipping stuff is a real pain. Um, mm. You kind of can't like batch do anything. You have to do everything one at a time, sort of thing. Um, and From I actually really- an in game menu as well. Yeah, I actually really like the um, I really like the way it handles like experience points and upgrading stuff because it's quite straightforward. It's not um, there's not like a big upgrade tree or there's not like you know a bunch of Dark Souls stats or whatever. It's it's just you gather experience points by doing things and then at like I think it's at the I don't know there's some shop or something that you go into and there you, there from there you can spend those points to learn skills or like change your uh, job or role or whatever you want to call it. Um, with that currency, so you're just spending currency on random stuff, um, which I quite like. It, it, I like that that was quite straightforward. Um, I get a bit bored of like f- running down an upgrade tree every time I start a new game. Sure. Yeah, I, I get that. It depends on the game, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, and Sometimes I think, it's great. I think, but... Yeah, some some games do it really well. I think where others do feel bad. I mean, I think a game like Diablo, seeing those increases is so well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I I do know what you mean. It can be very boring. Um, another great thing about the combat in this game is you can grab enemies, and depending on I think it's depending on your like mass as a as a human um, will change like how much you can carry and how far you can throw things. But you can grab and throw <laughs> people. Oh, really? Um, so you can grab your own pawns, which is just the best. Um, <laughs> that is wild. So you can just, you know, yeet a pawn um, towards an enemy if you want. Um, In the battle. Um, though, and, uh, I don't know if you got to this area, but there was a quest where you had to go... There was basically a different well <laughs> in the second city, uh, this huge, like, cavernous thing that went down. You had to follow this, like, spiral all the way down. Um and there were these, like, zombie enemies that really were just not taking any damage from me. And then my Rummy Cub kept saying, like, there must be some way of doing this better. <laughs> and, and then I was like, oh, well, what if I just throw them off the edge? Amazing. Um, so I was just chucking them off the edge um, oh, instead of fighting amazing. them, which is great. Uh, that's so great. Yeah. It really, it's, it's a cool game. Um, and, yeah, I, mean, I guess that must have been, like, a strength stat or, like, weight or something. Something. I wasn't um, a strong person. I was a weedy person, yeah. so I was, like, over-encumbered every time I picked them up. Sure. Um, but I was enough to take them to the edge and kick them. Take it to the edge. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking of weight, um, the running in this game is kind of amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. It sucks in open world. Uh, it's yeah. basically just a stamina-based run where you can sprint for as long as your stamina has. So it's one of those ones where you sprint, and then you walk for a while, and then you sprint, and then you walk for a while. Um, but in cities, you have unlimited stamina, <laughs> uh, which means you can just sprint around the whole time, and the animation's mm-hmm. great. The animations yeah. are also just great in this game. Yeah, they are pretty cool. 
Um, you have like a pretty weird looking walk cycle, but I quite like it. You have this kind of like stooped. Um, I don't know. There's something kind of interesting about it. Yeah, I feel and like when you I feel run, like you're you always run. looking to the side for some reason. You're never looking ahead. <laughs> um, what was the story with that like shadow aisle? Shadow Did you go aisle. there? I think that might have been so. Dark Arisen is like the revamped version of Dragon's Dogma, um, okay. which is the version we played. Um, and I think that would be what that is. I didn't go look at it. I just followed the. But I just followed markers. a normal quest marker. Yeah, it was purple though, wasn't it? The, yeah, it was. Yeah, I think that okay, was. So that was DLC or something. That was like the expanded version, but it also suggests that you'd go there first. Yeah, which was wild, because I went there, I didn't realise that that was the case, and I thought it was just the main story. Yeah, it makes um, no... <laughs> so you go to a pier, and there's this maiden spirit there who takes you to another realm. Uh, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> uh, what's going on here? And I sort of go into it, and there are some wolves, and they one-shot me. Uh, I'm like, cool, uh, well... <laughs> Yeah, it like I think it it basically actively tells you to follow the purple marker and not the green ones. Um, yeah. So that's kind of wild. I think I so I played, I I I had played this game before for about ten or so hours on PS3 before mm. the Dark Arisen version came out. So I I knew that that was new stuff. So I just didn't bother. Yeah, makes sense. Um, you didn't miss much. Sure. You missed some text and some enemies so too hard. Um, other things this game does really well is like a sort of free running climbing system, uh, that feels, I think, amazing. Mm. You can basically just walk up to any building or any ledge and just jump up to it and your character will probably grab on and climb up. Um, which meant that, uh, the game also took place on, uh, vertical layers, yeah. which meant it was like super easy to just climb up a wall of a city and the way the at least the starting city was laid out was that uh, it was very much intended that you could run and jump across roofs um but it was nice as well because it wasn't like in assassin's creed where it was obviously set out yeah it's really nice when developers managed to do that like i didn't really do much of that climbing stuff in this one but then when i got to that bandit camp uh looking for that uh book uh the marker was like above ground so i took some stairs up this castle and then as i got to the top i realized the castle was like all broken up um and yeah you just had to kind of like jump and clamber around on these kind of what almost looks like um kind of invisible wall like areas like the in in another game that would be something that i just couldn't jump up on um but in this game it's like nah just clamber on up there and sort of do some weird clunky platforming i always really like that stuff it, yeah, agreed. And and it's like it's just so nice when you're looking at these roofs, and um, you're like, oh, I can probably make that jump. It's not like an obvious yeah uh, jump from here to here to here to here to here to get to the book. Uh, I did another one, a similar quest in like the starting town, where you had to retrieve some priest's scriptures from the roof. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was just like navigate these sort of uneven roofs. Uh, to get to this point, which is not super obvious, but also pretty free. Yeah, it kind of adds the the thinking back into climbing stuff a bit that like mm. other games kind of decide just to smooth out for you. Yeah, and especially in a time of like Assassin's Creed and Uncharted, mm-hmm. 
Oh, I mean, I guess those aren't really comparable. But, anyway, who cares? Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I want to talk about quickly uh, is the moment that I actually really appreciated how useful these pawn- pawns were. Mm-hmm. Um, which was in the first little castle you come across where basically some captain comes up to you and is like, I have tests for you to complete. Uh, and you can't avoid it. Or maybe you can, but, you know, you just say yes. Um, and I go into the quests, <laughs> and I wasn't really paying attention to what was going on. <laughs> uh, and he gave me some challenge, and I wasn't listening, and then sort of looked up, and I was like, oh, fuck, I didn't listen to that at all. What am I meant to be doing? <laughs> and I just see my pawns, like, running back and forth. <laughs> And then, like, 30 seconds later, I'm literally just standing there. He's like, excellent job! (laughs) (laughs) And the pawns have just done the mission. And he's like, now some combat! Um, And he sets up some scarecrows around his camp. And I think I take out, like, two of them. (laughs) And my pawns take (laughs) out, like, the remaining ten. And he's like, excellent job! (laughs) Yeah, they're like, I I mean, Uh, I think he says at the start, like, this is an opportunity to... Um, organize your party so that it's like the most effective. Um, oh, okay. So basically, you just did it amazing out the gate, but you were just already there. I was already there. Hey, mm. it wasn't me. It was. Uh, it was the squad. It was Yada and the other dude. Mm-hmm. Um. But yes, yeah, a wild game. Yeah, a fascinating thing. I. It's like I want to play more of it, but it's also kind of a slog. Um, at times, uh, and I don't know if I will. Yeah, it, it, it is one of those games where you just will have to occasionally spend 45 minutes getting through one small group of bandits. It, you know what, it, it actually kind of in a way feels like an MMO in some, like it feels kind of like quite barren and empty and... There's something about, like, the way you come across enemies and do combat that feels like... That has that kind of static, repeated nature that you get in, like, a World of Warcraft. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's it's Um, exactly like that, except you take off all of the um, levels that show you the difficulty rating of the enemies. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, here's a world, here's a quest, go explore... Um, in an MMO without, yeah, without knowing the difficulty. Yeah, it's very much a game of, like, go get five pelts and bring them back. Um, uh, and you kind of just need to enjoy the the rhythm of, of that. Yeah, I, I think it's, a, like, a very fair comparison. Also, with the fact that it's such, like, a sparsely populated world. Yeah. Like, there's not many people in there at all, and the ones that are just sort of generically walking or just standing. Yeah, just give you quest dialogue at best. Yeah. And also, what a funky quest marker. It's like bright, bright red or bright, bright green square. <laughs> it's really, it really stands out. It looks so <laughs> out of place. Like a fantasy <laughs> world with this, not even like a subtle red and green. It's like RGB levels of red yeah, and green. Yeah, it's like, yeah. <laughs> it's wild. It's like developer art was left in or something. I mean, what the, are they the, thinking? The UI in general is just all over the place. It's, like, hard to navigate and not really sure where certain things are half the time. Yeah. Um, but whatever. 
and the weirdest thing is a new one coming out yeah Yeah. (laughs) they just announced a sequel interesting the 15 year anniversary i think or the 10 year anniversary i don't remember which um we know know nothing about it they just literally announced it Hmm. cool yeah maybe we'll play that maybe maybe i wonder what it'll look like yeah i'm gonna sit down now for the outro sure how do you feel about that Go for it. I'm, st- I'm going to remain standing. I should also say I've had my window open and people are playing music outside. So I think there's been like a general vibe <laughs> for this entire episode. Fair enough. I've done enough atrocities on this podcast to not be able to complain. Uh, hopefully it's not too much. It might be just quite... We'll see. We'll see. i tell you what also banged about this game was the mm. uh, music. Yeah, the music's pretty good. Yeah, it bangs. Like, it has, like, a title song that's very sort of Final Fantasy-esque and uh, sounded pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I, f- I feel like the composer was, like, one of those famous video game composer guys, but I might make that up. Yeah, fair enough. Sounds like it, anyway. Yeah. Well, it sounds... I mean, if it, if it wasn't, they should have been. Absolutely. Well yeah. said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, cool. Dragon's Dogma. Dragon's Dogma, Dark Arisen, three hours and some change. Damn, it's it's so good to do these podcasts <laughs> when the game has like when the game's wild, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> anyway. it certainly helps. Yeah. Um. Cool. Well, thank you all for listening. Thank you for the ride. Pleasure to have you with us. Uh, this has been Time Play Three HR. Um. Next week. Next. Uh, we've got a game for you. I, we already talked about what it's going to be. Um, oh, uh, yeah. I just, my brain had, yes, I now remember what that was, but I can guess if you like. Uh, sure. Have a wild guess. I'm going to guess it is the uh, basically sequel. overlooked <laughs> sequel uh, to the PS Vita classic. Oh. Originally, well, in Japan, called Gravity Days. Gravity Rush 2. Yeah. The... uh, Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, That is wrong. One of two, maybe two and a half good (laughs) PS Vita exclusives (laughs) that exist. Uh, Well, except for the fact that they put it on PlayStation. They ported it. But yeah. Well, originally... Um, yeah, I, I, I don't remember many good, at least like, um, s- like Sony first party. I don't really remember it. Yeah. Gravity Rush, Gravity Rush, away. Gravity Rush and Tearaway, I think were probably the only two that I really liked. Yeah. And then maybe that Daxter game slightly. <laughs> what Daxter game? Like, uh, oh, hang on. That was, that was PSP lol. There was a Daxter PSP game. I've never well, played yeah, that. That's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> God, so, wow. the, the be- so you're saying one of the best PS Vita games was... <laughs> it's the PSP game, PSP game that I played, like, ten years earlier. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, well, I oh, mean, obviously... And, and the Metal Gear Solid but... collection, of course, was oh, on Peter, Oh, that was great. The, which um, was great. Peace Walker was excellent. Peace Walker was a PSP game. But that was on the Metal Gear Solid collection. Fuck me. <laughs> yeah, and obviously Persona 4 doesn't count. But I mean, I think those hours on Persona 4 were my favourite of all of gaming, video gaming history. Well, some of them. Yeah. Yep. 
Um, the Vita, everyone. Uh, Gravity Rush 2. Gravity Rush 2 on is not on the Vita. The PS5, um, on yawn. The, the, the PS4 and 5. Yeah. Sweet. Cool. Uh, yeah, thank you for listening. You want to take us out? Uh, sure thing. Uh, we are a podcast about video games, and um, we like to record the episodes... Um, almost every week. Sometimes we miss a week or two, but hopefully next week you'll have another one. Uh, you can find this podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can follow uh, our now recently christened non-Louied Time Play 3 HR mm. Twitter account. I have... I have True, you've I've, separated yourself. I have, yes, decoupled you've, myself from... You've peeled off. I've finally created my own Twitter account. Um... Uh, which, if you want to follow, is at Louis Things with three S's at the end, um, uh, and or at Time Play Three HR. And Lockie, do you want to tell you people about your Twitter account? Sure, go uh, for it. It's Lockie Tweet. Wow, nice. So you can I go there occasionally. Tweet, but very it, rarely. I actually does. I have, I have a good history of tweets, but absolutely, they're all golden. Many. They're all golden. Um, uh, and then yeah, we got. Instagram, etc. Um, and a Discord, come chat, say hi, recommend a game, and a Ko-Fi if you want to send us a little tip for all the fantastic work we do. Um, and I think that is everything. Yeah, sounds good. Catch you later. Catch you later. See ya, bye. Bye.